Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Hog Reaction presented by Randall Ford. 5500 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith, the fourth oldest Ford dealership in America. Come on, he's tipped up and in! Johnson tipped it in at the buzzer! We're going to overtime! Hog Reaction is also brought to you by Beckert and Van Buren. Now hiring up to $29 an hour with great benefits. Come fill out an application 24 hours a day at exit 3 off Interstate 40. Lark, a full-spectrum seltzer from Washita Farms. Log on at LarkHemp.com. Choose me over meth. See meovermeth.com for more information. And Zelly Pasta. Join the Pasta Club at zellypasta.com. That's Z-E-L-L-I pasta.com. This is Hog Reaction following Vanderbilt 97, Arkansas 84. We're here for the next 90 minutes to figure out what in the world has gone wrong. With Arkansas basketball, 866-285-4005 is the phone number. Derek Ruskett in the studio, Ty Richardson alongside as well. And uh, there, listen, the first thing I wrote down, Ty, if you're going to mix it up, you better back it up. And Arkansas did not back it up after instigating a few skirmishes in the first half, most notably Anthony Black being in the middle of about everything as usual. And they didn't back it up in the second half. The uh, second half defense was terrible by this basketball team. Derek, you're exactly right, man. I mean, if you're going to talk trash, if you're going to try and get other opponents' skins, then you, you have to is do exactly your – show it on the court. Like, it's one thing to chirp. It's another thing to follow through on that. And at a point of this season, they were doing that in non-conference play. But what do we know about conference play? It's better basketball teams. It's not like Vandy is a perennial team by any stretch of the imagination. They were, I think, 8-8. Eight and eight heading into this game, but they couldn't miss in the second half. You couldn't guard them. You got three happy at points in the second half, and you didn't back up. You you didn't walk the walk in the second half, Derek. No, uh, it definitely – whatever happened at the second – whatever happened at the end of the first half, uh, it fueled Vanderbilt in the second half, and Arkansas really uh, didn't do much of anything in the second half, and it all starts – everything starts – with the Musselman team and, and really with many teams we've seen through the years with uh, Arkansas, it starts on the defensive end. And what we saw today and what they did today is the worst defensive half of basketball around here since 1996. That's what happened today with the uh, 63 points that they gave up. On the heels of giving up 51 in the second half uh, last time out against Alabama when everybody said, hey, 51, that's way too many. Second half th- this Saturday, unfortunately, was worse. Derek, here's the thing, man. If you look at the, the stands that I was texting people throughout the game, it's not like that Vanderbilt had just this dominant crowd that was a huge factor. There's probably more Arkansas fans there than Vandy fans. So y- you weren't even really on the road this afternoon, and you still got shell-shocked 
in the second half. Defensively is, as you said, where Eric Musselman has really been his calling card since arriving here in addition to great offense. But you just you fell apart in the second half as you fell apart in the final five minutes against Alabama. These lapses are killing you. And for Kamadi Johnson to have that bonehead play, I mean, I was, I've talked about his leadership all season long. He fouls out with 10 minutes to go in the game and has that, that knucklehead play where he basically shoves a Vandy player. You got the benefit of those tech calls. I mean, you're telling me that Arkansas didn't have a single tech called on him in the skirmish right before half? You got every single call in the first half. You should have taken more advantage of it. But again, you didn't get it done in the most important part of the game, which is the second half. So we've got a lot to discuss here, and the phone number is 866-285-4005. The uh, Northwest Arkansas studio line is how you can get in touch with us. You can text us or you can uh, give us a phone call here as we go over this one for the next 90 minutes. Uh, There's been a lot made, and rightfully so, about the lack of offense uh, for Arkansas basketball, but now... In the last two games, the defense leaking oil at bad times is really, really alarming like we've been talking about because that's what that's what you had in your hip pocket. No matter what else, if the shots aren't falling, you could still be able to defend and maybe flip a game around that way. But the last two second-half defensive performances are, uh, are... I mean, nobody can win when you give up 50, 60 points particularly a team that's as offensively limited as Arkansas is. So there's just a, there's a lot that has to be tuned up on the defensive end if they're ever going to turn this thing around. Derek, it would be one thing if Vanderbilt heading into this game was just this incredible offensive team with, like, last year, for example, Scottie Pippen Jr., we know how good he was for the Commodores, but they don't really have that guy this year. And I know that big guy that kind of Chuck talked with us about this week as a quality player. I think we saw it firsthand today. But for them to do what they did offensively to you, uh, that's an embarrassing moment for Arkansas defensively. And I, I just don't understand how you had that big of a letdown today. Again, in, in conference play, this team offensively is just, you shouldn't have had that uh, drop in the second half against this basketball team who was, again, not very good heading into this game. <laughs> and You let it slip away, and they got a conference win. Now you sign, you fall into a hole of one and four, dude. Yeah, uh, you know, it, on, on paper, you're favored in the game. Everything's going well at halftime, and then you, with all that stuff late in the first half, that, you know, I haven't seen any of, Eric, of Jerry Stackhouse's comments or anyone from the Vanderbilt side, but I'm betting that was a pretty big motivator for them yeah. in that uh, in that halftime locker room. And Arkansas had um, had nothing they could do about it. Nothing they could do about it. Uh, Musselman uses two times. The, the here's how you can tell trouble with Razorback basketball. How many timeouts does Musselman use? He used two in the second half, which is a major major malfunction going on with uh, with an Eric Musselman coached basketball team. So. Yeah. That's where it is. Derek, they, and offensively, I mean, the three-point shooting, they proved it a little bit. Anthony hit a couple today. But when you're last in the league in three-point shooting and you're 336 out of 363 basketball teams, that's worse than they were last year. I think they were about 315th or 312th or whatever. That What that does is, I mean, all y'all play pickup before. You, some guys, you just sit in the lane because they can't shoot, and that makes less drive for Arkansas strength, less drive, less 
chances to get near the, the rim because there's so many more guys down there. And Vanderbilt at, at points in the second half did a, a much better job defensively than they did the first. And you can tell Arkansas was just getting frustrated out of sorts and uh, just offensively re- really disappointing after a first half that you were like, all right, they're, they're getting to roll, and especially Anthony Black. You're listening to Hog Reaction presented by Randall Ford. Hogs are on the move. Counsel to Graham, and wow, what a throwdown. Hog Reaction is also brought to you by Beckard and Van Buren, Zelly Pasta and Springdale, Choose Me Over Meth, and Lark by Washita Farms. Hog Reaction continues here on ESPN Arkansas and on hitthatline.com. The text or a call here at 866-285-4005. Ty Richardson live at Randall Ford and Fort Smith. Derek Ruskin here in our ESPN Arkansas studios. A 97-84 win for the Vanderbilt Commodores today over the Arkansas Razorbacks. And um, a couple of texts already coming in about Anthony Black. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it, Ty. I mean, he is the... uh, he is the lightning rod, it seems like, for um, for this basketball team. Mm-hmm. And it's my, my feeling is he's a young player. I think eventually he will learn to be a little closer to the line of playing basketball versus talking. I think too much of the time right now, he'd rather talk than play basketball which is a shame because I really enjoy watching him play basketball. He's a lot of fun to watch play basketball. But we've seen it in the last game, I think, and we've seen it again here that he's just he's in that gray area right now where you want to have that edge. You want to be a, a little bit on the chippy side, but you don't want it to consume everything that you do on the basketball floor. And I think at times with a young player, that's what we've seen with him. Yeah, because what it does is when he's playing veteran players like he does today, it gives them that much more of an edge. And Anthony, again, has had some great games. He looked more like Maui, Anthony Black in that first half and points in the second than he has maybe in any point in conference play. But with that, again, you motivate the other guys when you start doing it. Now, some guys on the other team get rattled, but once you play conference players, the competition is heated up a little bit. And I think for Anthony, it's been one of those things that, as you said, has become more of a distraction than a help. You always look about the pros and cons to anything when you look at anything. I think with him, people know who he is. I mean, he, he's got the... When you walk into an SEC arena, he's probably the Razorback that gets booed the most, and he's relished that at certain points, but I think if you're going to be the the quintessential quote-unquote leader of this basketball team is the point guard and the guy that's always distributing the rock, that needs to be your primary focus, and again, like you opened up the show with, Derek, if you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk, and this team just was not able to do that in the second half. Anthony Black had three points in the second half wow. of this uh, of this ball game to kind of illustrate uh, the the uh, maybe you know the focusing on the wrong things there. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's hard for me to sit up here and, and crush anybody for obvious reasons. Number one, but for number yeah. two, he's a young player, and you just don't know what you don't know until you go through it. And I, I just think that uh, this is something that with time. Somebody over there, and you know, Lord knows they've got enough assistance to, to counsel him on this. Um, is, is something where they can go, hey, you know, we we need you to be have that attitude, but you know, sometimes when you cross that line, it's actually 
working against us on this side, on this sideline, and helping yeah. the guys on the other sideline. Yeah, for example, I mean, you've got a lot more years than I do in this radio thing, and I'm on suicide watch right now oh, after yeah. another Razorback loss. You know that these things happen, these things come and go, and you're not as, uh, let's just say, down in the dumps like I am right now. I know you and Zach were joking about that. I think every single Razorback loss really, really to the heart, especially basketball. And I have to go to this birthday party thing after, so I got to turn that frown upside down and have some positive, <laughs> positive things. But that's all I'm going to get asked about. It's like, hey, Todd, what did you think about this? The, what did you think about the game? What, what did you think? And it's like, man, honestly, that's the last thing I want to talk about after what I had to watch today and witness. And I'm like, I'm thinking the first half, let's go, boys, we're getting this going. And then second half, unfortunately, it's been the same old story. In conference play, with the exception of that Missouri win earlier this year, I was really interested uh, coming in here as all of this transpired because I know sometimes um, that you have a different a different opinion on these sorts of things as I do on the chippiness and the talking and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's a different perspective, so I'm really curious to hear what what you think about the um, that that side of this basketball team. Um, they. They are, um, I mean, they've got a target on them, and yeah. I think people may be starting to understand you can kind of get in their kitchen a, a little bit. Yeah, Derek, here, here's what I'll say on that. First off, A.B. should have gotten a technical. I mean, he's sitting over Melora Brown after the end. Well, it's a great play. Strong take, gets it up to the cup, and one, and he's just kind of sitting over him. I know In that situation, I know that's kind of like a man moment, like I just took your you-know-what uh you know what, and there's words that I can't repeat <laughs> yes. that we've said a thousand times, and I'm, I'm just being honest, and so he gets pushed, that whole thing happens, and then really after that in the second half, Arkansas took it, if you were going to talk trash, greatest like Reggie Miller, Michael Jordan, Bird, like all these guys that were legendary at that, they always backed it up, Arkansas is not at that point with this team where they have the talent or the chemistry yet to continue to do this. That 94-95 team, they could chirp because they were going to kick your you-know-what. And there's been other Arkansas teams. Todd, a legendary trash talk. You've had others as well. But they, they'll give it to you. They'll give you 30-9 and nine stuff. This team has not shown that capability. So, frankly, guys, you're 1-4. Shut up. Hmm. Just shut up. Like, there, there's no reason. You're like, well, Todd, that gets them going and stuff. And, and listen, I'm a proponent of... Like, it, that doesn't bother me if you're winning, but they're not winning. So shut up. Like, yeah. just just shut your mouth, play the game. And this is a twenty. This is the 28-year-old talking that loves talking that, loves talking trash on the court. But I like but, talking trash when my team is winning and dominating. We're not. So just shut up. Play basketball. And you're gonna, <laughs> it's not like it's going to get any easier. You're going to Missouri Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whatever that is. So... I don't know if we're going to see a change. I don't know if that's the mantra or the kind of the image of this basketball team. But Derek, it's definitely more of a hindrance than a help at this point. Well, and here's the uh, a couple things on this. Number one, the standover. He didn't say anything. I have a hard time with the T there. Where I would have teed him up was after all of it was settled and he's doing the the crying. Oh, gesture. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I'd have said, okay, enough. He did it again. That's when they should have stuck him, and they didn't do it there. Um, so that's the that that's what I, if, if I'm out there in a striped shirt, I would have given him, the, and maybe I wouldn't have even given him the first little cry, because that's, that's an unsporting act. It's clearly in the rules. You can't do stuff like that. 
And yeah. so maybe he should have been assessed a technical foul for um, that. But, I mean, dude, if you're going to talk that much, you can't score three points in the second half of a game. You, 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 like you said, scoreboard. Like, there's nothing more embarrassing than you get up and talk, and they just point up at the board, and they're like, yeah. look at that, man. Look, that, look up there, all right? I mean, here's, uh, you know, I was listening to Gary Payton one time, the glove, another notorious trash talker, and he was so good either at Oregon State or when he got to the Sonics and then you know, when he transferred to the Lakers. Gary, you know, it was funny. I was, I was listening to him talk. He's like, man, of all the guys I played, you know the guy that I hated to trash talk was John Stockton. Because John Stockton, like, he tried to talk to the entire game, and John never said a word. And John was just, he'd just do his thing and then, then have, by the end of the night, 20 points, 10 assists, 8 assists, or whatever. It's like, I can never get in that guy's head. That's when you, like, if you really want to get in the guy's head, you just keep kicking his tail and you don't say a word. Because that's, that's like, and I know there's the edge of, oh, I'm, hey, I just hit this shot, I'm going to do something to your mom, your girlfriend, like stuff like that. Guys say that all the time on the court. But if you really want to tick a guy off, hit a shot and then just run down the court and walk back, that really frustrates the, the crap out of players, Derek, is when you just don't say anything. Back here on Hog Reaction on ESPN Arkansas, 866. 285-4005 if you've got a thought or two on what happened today in Nashville. 97 points for Vanderbilt. 63 given up Oof. in the second half by the Arkansas defense. The worst half defensively since 1996 when they gave up um, let me get the note here from Hogstats. They gave up 64 to Auburn in uh, at uh, Beard Eves. Back in 1996, so Jeez. a historic day on the wrong end for uh, for Arkansas basketball today in Nashville. A game, a game they really needed to try and, um, and and was a game that they could have gotten, but um, you don't defend in the second half and give up 60 points. You're not going to win very often. Yeah, we're going to hear what Mus had to say, but uh, Derek, I need some comedic relief in my life right now after okay. that performance. Did you see the text out of the 870? directed at you oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i did thank you oh man. i appreciate I need, that i needed that all right let's hear what Moss had to okay. say yeah i just think we got a lot of guys still trying to figure out how to win i'm on the road how to win in conference and i've coached a lot of games and and i can't remember a defensive team giving up 63 points and a half well, I, I don't know if he's ever had a team that's done that you just referenced that hog stats that arkansas hadn't done that and in a while, and I don't know if he did that in Nevada or if he did in the CBA or the G League or whatever, but, I mean, Vanderbilt, I know, is a, a, I looked at their stats on Kim Palm. They are a good offensive team. I missed, I was in, in, incorrect earlier when I said they weren't, but, Derek, it's still like a team that you shouldn't get torched like that in the second half, too. The recipe is, because we know they're offensively limited. That is not a secret. Uh, we, we know that they are going to have a hard time filling up the scoreboard. And if or when Nick Smith comes back, maybe that improves. But right now we know we know that they have issues scoring. So the only way, the only way to overcome that is you've got to play incredible defense. It's, it's, people are, uh, we've gotten some texts here about, um, uh, about um, how hard it is to, for them to score. Well, but, if you lock them down defensively 
and teams start scoring in the 50s and low 60s as they were not that long ago, then it's a, it's a it's a more manageable situation. This is not tenable. If you're going to give up fifty and sixty and a half, they can't, there's no way they can win because they just don't have they can't score that much. It's like when TCU was um, up big in that game against Michigan. Michigan's offense generally was not equipped to come back from a giant deficit. They ended up making it a ball game, but we we hear this all the time in football when a ball control running team falls down by three scores, but well, this is not how they're supposed to do it. Well, that's kind of where Arkansas is right now. They are a team that needs to dictate the terms defensively because they cannot score very much. So when they give up a lot of points, it's going to be really difficult to, to come back. Derek, we are the rambling rack of Georgia Tech. We don't <laughs> get up. We're, we're not playing a defensive game. Arkansas is it, It's just going to be a long night. And first half? Not bad. I mean, the Vander, I'm not going to sit here and say that Vanderbilt was stone cold in the first half, but you did what you needed to do, and then second half you went dry and they got hot. And yeah. when you give it up, and what I know, I mean, you and Zach have talked about this. Phil, Matt have talked a bit about this. Chuck, Tommy and I have talked about this. When you're scoring twos and they're scoring threes, you're not going to win the game. Arkansas just doesn't have the shooting, and I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't think Pinion got a shot up in the game today. If he did, I missed it. Uh, I know that there's still people on pins and needles waiting if Nick comes back and that kind of dynamic he adds. But, I mean, that Trevor Brazil loss, dude, I mean, <laughs> what he did for floor spacing, we're seeing how destructive his presence not being there has been for that offense these last few games. I think that they have to get back to their defense. That, that's where they have to start because, you know, you can talk about um, Brazil and and Smith, but they may Brazil's not coming back. Nick Smith might not be coming back. So yep. if for them, I'm not talking about us, but for them, it, it's that's wasted energy. You've got to put all your energy into something you can do. I like to use the line from Apollo 13, Ty, when everything's going bad and uh, Ed Harris goes, well, what do we have on the spacecraft that's good? So I say, well, what are they? Well, Musselman's known for a defensive attitude and a mindset. They've got to get back to that and uh, and and start there. I, I would start there and and watch and see if it can filter into anything else. That's all they can do because again, unless Nick Smith comes back, there's not a big offensive jolt. They're not going to make a trade. There's no one you can acquire on a ten day that you can call up from the G League. I mean, this is what they have. Mm-hmm. So I would focus if it was me uh, trying to get back to that that defensive attitude that they were at. I mean, they gave up, what, 60 against LSU on the road? Yeah. That's 60, that's manageable. 57. That's a manageable uh, total right there. You can work with that. They gave up 50-something against uh, Missouri, 53 or something like that. That's that's workable. You can deal with that. But, I mean, you give up 97, this team's not going to win ever when, they, when a, the other team scores 97. They're just not equipped to do it. No, I think let's look at this team last year, right? So JD Note, we know is the star of the show. You had a bunch of other pieces around him. Uh, Stanley Moody at times could fill it up, but what you had in Trey Wade and Audis Tony is guys that just consistently cut, consistently knew their roles. I think the other guys on this team, outside of really Anthony Black, are still trying to figure out what the role is, Derek. And they don't know, like in certain situations, if they're if they're yeah. supposed to go off or if they're they're supposed to just be passers. And I, I think it's it's been real difficult to watch when a guy has an open look 
and he's like very hesitant. Should I shoot it? Am I going to get yanked if I miss it? I think Jordan hasn't been playing as confident as he was in that two or three game stretch where we saw him play really, really well. But guys, that's just the meat of conference play. You're playing more athletic dudes, you're playing better dudes, and you're playing guys on offense who are, who are more equipped to take you to the rack and then hit threes in your face. And you have to up your game as well. So far through five games, at the exception of Missouri, Derek, this team has not done that. They, I mean, obviously they need um, uh, a lot of things to happen when you are um, when you're, have lost three in a row. But mm-hmm. I wrote down here, that the lights got to come on for Jordan Walsh. He's 0 of 6 today. Yep. Like they need him. First of all, he's on the floor. He's kind of a calming presence. Like he doesn't get too high or too low in the game. He's just kind of steady. They need that. Obviously, they need the production. And when he's good, uh, when he's scoring, he's on the floor more and that's good on the on the defensive end as well. Whenever this happens, and I think it's going to happen. I mean, the light's got to come on for Jordan Walsh. That, that's yeah. that's where it is right now. Derek, that's a great point. But his issue, man, is he can't stay on the floor without fouling. Yeah. I mean, he picks up he picks up two fouls every four or five minutes, and he picked up his third in the first half on a charge call. Which I'm not mad at him for trying to get to the rim. It was a fast break opportunity. Rookie bounce pass to him, and then he tried to take it up, and the guy just moved his feet. But Jordan's issue is is he bites on pump fakes. And he also is just not as – his basketball IQ is not what a seniors and juniors is some of the guys. So they even know that he has the athleticism and he has the speed and quickness in some situations. Guys get under him and stuff, and then he picks up cheap fouls. That has to be, in addition yep. to the offense that you're asking for, he's got to stop picking up these cheap fouls because he's too good a player to not be out there. Yeah. No, it's it's all – it's all part of the learning deal. It's a young team. Uh, there's there's young parts. People are going to get tired of hearing that, just like people are tired of hearing about you know that they they don't have Brazil and they don't have Smith and the thing mm-hmm. was built around them. But I mean that's the that's the reality of the situation. You've got young guys. Anthony Black sometimes plays too much with his mouth than with his uh, with his game. That's something that immature players do. And what the hope is is that before he gets out of here, probably at the end of this year, I think that 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 will flip around and because my my thing on 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 black again um uh ty is that he's just so fun to watch play basketball like i don't need to to watch oh. him talking all that noise just play he's got a great smile you yes. can tell he loves the game you can tell he loves the game Derek, and yeah. he's loved it for a long time and he also is a great football player too i know that he everyone talks about him getting offered out of duncanville as well I mean, he's got an energy about him, and maybe I was—I think I was probably a little bit too harsh earlier, and that wasn't just directed at him, but this team at times just—they're all in the midst of skirmishes and stuff. And again, it's fine, Derek, if UNLV and Larry Johnson and Greg Anthony and Stacey yeah. Augman and those guys are doing it because you know why? Because they were the best team in college basketball, and whether it was ninety or ninety-one, I can't remember. Yeah. That's fine, but Arkansas is not that. So the best advice that I, I don't think I'm the only one that thinks this, but probably Eric Musselman thinks this to a certain extent and other, is like, guys, play on the court, not play with your mouths like you're saying. Because, again, when you are not at the level of certain teams that have done that, over that, that are known for just being ripping on the other team and occasionally getting attacked or occasionally getting unsportsmanlike or whatever the case is in football or basketball, then you're not in that same echelon, so... Why, why try and emulate it if you're not going to reach that point of what certain teams have done in the past? 
All right, you can get in touch with us at 866-285-4005. Dealership in the country. I know Billy's been kind of a staple of this dealership for a while. Billy, we always appreciate you hopping on, man. And, anytime, uh, anytime. Thanks hopefully for... we'll have a uh, next postgame show next Saturday. We'll be in better spirits after that game. Oh, uh, they need to put that behind them. Move forward. It's time to go. Yeah, you can't, uh, can't step back in the SEC as you got a ranked Missouri team that you got to play. On Wednesday, and it's, it's Wednesday night, isn't it, Derek? That's right. Wednesday night, okay. Missouri, late night. Okay. Well, here's what Muss had to say about this game and uh, kind of what they're looking forward to. I mean, all we can do is get ready and prepare for Missouri like we prepared in the past. Can, that's all we can do, and that's what we'll do. Yeah. I, what, what is your sense of the fan base right now, Derek? Well, um, you know, I think there's obviously a lot of frustration there. there there's people that had uh, sky-high expectations. It's not happening. I think you, um, you, you said a word that I wrote down earlier. It's a little embarrassing when you have a team. I don't think Razorback fans have any issue with this team being the most hated team in the SEC. I think, in fact, Arkansas fans would love it if every time Anthony Black touches the ball, he's booed. None of that stuff bothers Razorback fans. What bothers them is when you can't back it up and you can't get yep. a win. That's the that's the that's the thing people are having a hard time coming to terms with because they very much have an identity that is very relatable for people of Arkansas. We're pissed off all the time. <laughs> we're, we're we're just we're, I mean we're, we're nobody thinks uh, you know this of us or that of us. We're, we've got this edge all the time. There's so many people. Around us the against the world, Razorbacks right. against the world. That's right. I mean, it's relatable to a lot of people. I mean, particularly yeah. uh, you know, in 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 smaller towns and and all the little uh, you know, rural areas across the state where they live and die with Razorback basketball. But you got to back it up with a win. That's what everybody understands. We've been talking about it for you know the better part of an hour. That's the part that's kind of like that makes you it makes you feel weird after that. You could you know. Okay, if it's a close game, one thing, but I mean, you you got your lunch money stolen by these guys today. Yeah, well, we could deviate into a Ruskin and Zach rub, rub bunny trail here. I mean, we don't have to talk Ridgeback basketball <laughs> for a sec. I've got a birthday shout out I need to give. We could talk about Pete Golding going to Ole Miss. We could talk about Kentucky winning. I mean, we can do a variety of things here if you want to. You got a birthday shout out you need to get out, you, Derek? I saw one. I can't remember who it was now. Okay. Yesterday was Bielema's birthday. That's not really a great shout-out, though. But well, uh, Is Bielema's birthday? Yeah. Okay. Yesterday, well, I'll, I'll give one. There's uh, another Reece one. Reese Seaford is – I can't tell you how old she's turning, but she's a homie. She's one of my friends. I've got a thing that I'm going with her later tonight. And uh, she's a great wing woman. She's funny. So happy, I'm going to say, 24th. I, I, I don't know how old go. she is. But you always go lower when it comes to women, right, Derek? Well, that's that, the thing. That, that's true. Although I don't know what age they start – Wanting you to keep their age a secret. I don't know when that applies, but uh, I don't either. I don't either. I'm trying. So if you have a birthday shutout, you can text us at eight six six two eight five four thousand five. You know what I've I've come to know and I've come to learn listening to y'all show that when people are mad and sometimes maybe deviate from that said topic and talk about something that people are positive about or happy about because there's nothing really positive right now with Razorback basketball and I hate saying that because I love the team and I love the sport and I love us, but. Man, it's just well, it's more painful to talk about it right now than well, it is to bring out good things. Well, we got a text here um, uh, going back to something we mentioned earlier uh, on uh, the Ruskin and Zach show this week. If you broke into someone's house, 
what would you steal that would just inconvenience them? Like somebody suggested, I'm going to take all the left shoes or the TV remotes or all the batteries out of the battery drawer. Like stuff you would steal just to be annoying to, to somebody that you were. What could I steal from Derek Ruskin in his house? Well, it has to be the TV remote because I know you don't like to get up from the couch and change no, it. So it I, has to be that. For I will. You. I have said this before. I nothing makes me more irritated than when I can't find that stupid remote, and it's 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 not between the cushions. You lift up the chair; it hasn't fallen down under the chair. I have no idea where this thing is, and it just it. it I I lose it. I lose it every time. I, that's. That's the thing that gets me I, I, when I can't find that thing. I, I would time. say that it, that is definitely number one on my list, too. What's frustrating to me is my two roommates who I love, and they're homies, but Derek, they, they lost my remote like a, six months ago, and it's in the couch somewhere. They just refused to find it or look for it, and they were just <laughs> like, oh, it's not me, it's whatever. It's like, guys, I always put the remote in the exact same spot, and then I come home after a weekend. I don't know where I was, and it's just gone. They're like, yeah, we don't know where it is. I'm like, all right, well. Someone needs to find it six months later, just just not found. Just <laughs> just gone from the face of the earth. And so luckily, we had an old remote, same company that ended up working with it, but it's like it's worn down and stuff. The old remote was good. So I'm I'm dealing with it. But I, I hate getting up during the midst of a game and changing the volume, changing the channel or something like that. It's I'm with you, dude. That is horrible. Well, horrible. Wait in wait in your uh, wait until you're at my age and you ha- you have to keep turning it up and turning it up because you can't hear it. So that's uh, that's one of the casualties of this jo- or hazards of this job is, uh, is, uh, is losing your hearing. Derek, uh, we were we we're hooping at Northside earlier, and I'll tell you what, man, I am sore right now, and I've <laughs> I guess played basketball three times this week, and I for I think for like three or four months I didn't play and then I got back into it. I don't remember how sore it was, but they didn't used to be that way five, six years ago. I mean I could play I could play at the hyper for three out three or four hours, I'd be fine. And then now it's like you play three or four games and you feel like that you need another lung. It's just different, dude. I'm twenty eight, man. It, I can't even you how are you, thirty nine? I'm I'm forty, Ty. Oh, you're forty. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I can't even imagine <laughs> what it's gonna be like in it sucks. Twelve years. <laughs> I'll just tell you oh, right now. It something sucks. to look forward to. And Tommy Tommy all and Tommy for the I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit. He and and I'm hope he's knocking on wood. He he hasn't had a severe injury. I've torn my ACL, which is horrible, and I hope that ever happens again. But he he doesn't ever seem to get nicked up. He just kinda goes along with the ref stuff, which I know you gotta get up and down a little bit, so hopefully it stays that way for him. Yeah. All right, uh, hog reaction here, presented by Randall Ford. That's our Derek, That's our Ruskin Zach segment. Well, hey, we, we we laugh to hide the pain. That's what I always say in a situation like this. We yeah. we laugh to hide our pain after um, what happened over in Nashville today. All right, um, so you can uh, text us or uh, call us at eight six six two eight five four zero zero five. Okay, so our um, our friend here, Tim. Who used to live in Palm Beach? Tim. Yeah. So he he was the one who sent Zach and I air conditioners when the air didn't work in here. Oh, jeez. Uh, so he's offering to send you a universal remote now. So. <laughs> Tim, my guy, <laughs> love that. I love our uh, I love our listeners, man. We don't say that enough, and we got some we got some crazy. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm normal because I'm not. But we got some crazy people to listen to our show from all over the not just the country but the world, but. Man, it's one thing they love. They love Razorback sports, and they love ESPN Arkansas. So I thank you, Tim, and formerly in Palm Beach. Back on Hog Reaction. 
along with Ty Richardson at Randall Ford and Fort Smith, Derek Ruskin in our ESPN Arkansas studios. 866-285-4005 if you've got a thought on what happened today in Nashville, 97-84, the final score. I know we've got uh, a couple more clips ready to go, Ty, with uh, with Eric Musselman following the uh, the ball game today. Yeah, he's just – and I, I actually – sorry, I exited out of it. I'll get back into it. But he was just talking about certain guys, like that one lefty. Um, I'm forgetting uh, if it was Shelby or which one it was. But they get they, he was talking about in the scouting report, they were telling the guys, they go – go left or can't let him go left and he just kept going left and I think it was kind of like the Miller situation on on Wednesday night Derek where they were like go go over the top on every Baron and Miller screen and then Devo went under on two of them Miller canned those two threes I mean they're following the scouting board it seems like for a good chunk of the game at times but when the when the fatigue sets in it it don't only set in physically but mentally as well and you've seen that it stints these last two games yeah, and uh, we've got uh, uh, Andrew and Lowell texting in here. Did Musselman address the skirmishes after the game, or did anyone ask? Bob asked him, and he just kind of was like, yeah, we shot some free throws. He gave a very kind of blunt. I can I can pull that real quick for next segment, but he gave like a very nonchalant kind of blunt answer to that question, it seemed like, when I listened to it. There was another text we got about that. That uh, Let's see here if I can find it. Um Regarding, you know, isn't that uh, something along the lines of, you know, shouldn't Musselman be the one to kind of rein uh, Anthony Black in? And that's one of the things uh, about Anthony Black and with that, with the, the, the mouthiness that we've seen and particularly on display today. He can behave that way and there appears to be no consequence. They can't put him on the bench. They got to have him on the floor. And the officials were unwilling to um, to step in and try and do anything to uh, curtail, so he really like he could do whatever he wanted today, and there wasn't really uh, much of a consequence out there. You yeah, know? and you and I have the same opinion. We both love watching Anthony Black play. You can tell he loves to play the game, but kind of like you're saying, when when for, first off, that has to be a directive from the head coach. But like, hey, listen, we we've, we've got to cut some of this stuff out, and you're never going to cut it fully out. Like I, I this idea that. Certain guys are just never going to talk trash or something. That's fine. But it can't be excessive. It can't be demonstrative. And you can't put yourself in a situation where you're going to get a technical. And there, there was not only one or two. I mean, you brought up the situation earlier. I, I was shocked that when he did the crying face to the crowd, which I thought was hilarious, that he didn't get teed up for that, Derek. Uh, especially given the temperature of the room right there, where yep. all of this stuff was smoldering. Snack, Stackhouse just got teed up. And, uh, and it was right at their bench. I mean, it was clearly an unsporting act. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's any uh, argument about that. And he did it twice. Like, he did it twice. And, and none of those uh, officials uh, uh, were, were going to say, all right, you need to settle down. Yeah. And that's, I think, uh, sorry. Well, I, that's just, I just thought that was a point, like we talked about earlier. I would have given him one right there. It's like, okay, you need to, you need to cool it just a little bit here because, especially. You know, all those calls when it gets Vanderbilt in, in that exchange, which is remarkable on the road. Like, that doesn't happen on the road where, you know, you, the home team, everything goes against them in the, in a situation like that. Did you see what happened in that possession right after? <laughs> Ricky gets pushed in the back on a shot. Doug Childs is, like, staring right at him, and he doesn't call it. He's just like, <laughs> you, you, he, like you could not. That was the most blatant foul all game. 
outside of just like maybe one other. But Ricky literally gets pushed in the back on a jump shot, and he's just like looking at Chow's like, "Yo, I know we just got three or four calls for us, but you've got to call that." And I yeah. knew. And then he gets elbowed on the other end like an offense foul, and they called it on him. I was just like, "All right, these refs are about to give." Vandy a couple calls, but I think I got I think I got the uh, the must thing when he was talking about those texts earlier. No, I, I really don't have a take. I mean, we missed a couple free throws and and uh, made four, but um, you know that's to me irrelevant. I was with uh, <laughs> the question you were asked to direct, and when, whenever he gets asked about ref and stuff and technicals, he tries to avoid it because he wouldn't want to get fined, which I uh, I understand. And I know he said before, I've never seen this in a game or that, but. Dude, it, like, can you imagine if, like, the team was blaming the refs after that game after you just pointed <laughs> yeah. out Stack got the tech, they threw a guy out for Vanderbilt. Arkansas didn't get a single tech in that altercation, in that skirmish. No, the only uh, the how. only T was the one on Kamani earlier in the yep. uh, in that when he threw the guy down, yeah. And he just ran over him. And, yeah. uh, and that's, again, like we said earlier, Kamani, you're the leader. You're one of the leaders of this basketball team. People look up to you. You have the he, player's ear that have either come as transfers or the young guys, and they see you do that, when, and you're just like, what are you doing, buddy? When like, he, when that all happened, they had a shot of him on television, and he was just shaking his head. And I couldn't tell if he was shaking his head because he didn't agree with the call or if he was shaking his head because he was disappointed in himself for losing his composure. Right there, I I I, I didn't. W w no one got to ask him. He wasn't there after the game, obviously. But I mean, I it, it looked like just reading his face on the TV screen. It looked like he was a little disappointed in himself for how he handled that situation. It didn't look like he was mad about the call. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. And I don't know how if in that situation he was mad at the officials or mad at. Him. I don't know how you could. I mean, he trucks a guy and then they're they're jawing. Yeah. So it's just like. That's a situation where Arkansas is in the wrong. You know you're in the wrong. And as you pointed out, it seems like Kamani was just frustrated at himself more than anything. Yeah. Well, um, the other thing, too, I mean, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, talking during the game and all that stuff. And, you know, you and I, I think you and I will agree, you know, that um, we're not prudes when it comes to that stuff. You no, know, I, I don't no. want I don't want you to be quiet out there. But, I mean, if you're going to talk a lot, you need to back it up and win the ballgame. But... I, d I was thinking about the most famous trash talk of all, and you brought up UNLV earlier, and that's what made me think of it. When when they looked over there in that game at Barnhill Arena and said, "You better go get you some men." The most famous, and what could Arkansas say? They were getting run off the floor in in that game against UNLV. But it's it's maybe the most famous trash talk at Arkansas uh, in program history, and the response. I mean, it spoke for itself. Nolan went and got some men, and a few years later got a national championship. So Yeah, and I think there's never been a bigger hold-me-back moment in the history of Razorback sports than Todd Day getting his teammates to hold him back. He wanted no part of Larry Johnson. There's not a single player in college <laughs> basketball that wanted an actual piece of Larry Johnson. And even at the next level, at the pro level, he, he still had that mentality of, you're not going to screw with me, or you're going to get your tail whipped. Yeah. I, that's a... That guy was an unbelievable player for the. I wish, and I hate Duke basketball like you do. I wish they would have gone back to back. The fact that Hurley and Leitner and Hill and those guys beat him that next year was, I guess, uh, Hill wasn't there yet, but uh, that was really irritating to me. Yeah. Well, it's hog reaction here on ESPN Arkansas and on hitthatline.com. And, um,. <laughs> Mr. Pibb just texted us. Uh, we have a bunch of hold me back guys and no one that'll actually get into anything. 
it's it's interesting. It, it is. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's interesting here in the uh, month of January again with Arkansas Razorback basketball. Okay. It, is Nick, real quick, before we hit a break, is Nick the guy that can – isn't this setting up for Nick Smith Jr. to be like this, the, the savior of this basketball team? Is it, that where we're trending towards where people are going to think it, that, Derek? Is that how the 30 for 30 is being played out in front of our eyes? <laughs> that, uh, you know, they, they've got all this uh, – make it as bad as it can, and then he rides in on the stallion and, and, and saves the day, and then his own production company makes the documentary about the uh, – the year Nick Smith uh, saved the day. Listen, it I don't feels care. like we're in a movie a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I don't care what other things have to happen for that to become the case, but for the pain that Arkansas fans have been through with this basketball team to this point, where they feel like they're on the brink of potentially not making the tournament, and your best player supposedly not playing, if he was to come back and just go off once returning, that would be, I like you said, the script it's written itself, dude. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.